it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you're darn right it is. And we are ready to go. Fired up, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not film himself having sex in a Senate chamber. What the hell did you just say? Another uh, proud moment for the country. Uh, Democratic staffers over the weekend outed uh, for filming themselves engaged in a gay sex act uh, in the chamber. Uh, not that a straight sex act would be any better in this stage, uh, but we are going to discuss. I always categorize this show as what I say. I go top shelf radio in a bottom feeding political world. Well, the race to the bottom very much picking up steam, uh, but it'll be hard pressed to win that race against Joe Biden's poll numbers. Come on, man. New uh, item out today that says Barack Obama uh, growing immensely concerned that Joe Biden is going to lose. Tell him like it is. I mean, that's assuming he stays on the ticket, but we'll discuss all of it in what is going to be a very dirty show, even by the standards of us. I mean, if you listen to Fox Across America, we say this every day. It's, you know, kind of a radio house of ill repute. We'll let anybody in. You don't have to agree with us. You know, I'm not browbeating you with my political views. I could care less. I'm a talk show host. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. Like, understand, okay, I'm conservative, unapologetically so, but uh, I'm not doing a conservative talk show. I'm doing an American talk show. Bingo, man, bingo. Well, the truth is America is a mess, (laughs) but we're going to get out the mop. Put on our raincoats, uh, very smutty Monday, uh, but we're going to hold this country together for three hours. 888-788-9910 if you want to help me do the dirty work, uh, you know the rules. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a <laughs> Happy Monday, you guys. And so begins my final live week on the radio of 2023. Next week, you'll hear some best ofs. You'll hear some guest hosts, but I'm actually, I'm, I have a few days off. I'm going to be actually off for like three days. <laughs> I'll be off. I'll be hanging out. I'll be back next week. I'll be hosting Gutfeld and I'll be hosting the five after Christmas. Uh, but as far as you and me go, this is it, girlfriend. So buckle up, Buttercup, because we got a lot to get to. Uh, first and foremost is a thank you, a shout out. To everybody who came to the sold-out show in Palm Beach on Saturday night, Lexi and Sully and everybody at the Palm Beach Kennel Club. Wally, a frequent caller to the show, also made a cameo. Wally drove all the way up and showed up to the venue. There's a slob. There's a real slob. No, ma'am. Wally, was he was very first class. Wally presented well. He looked like he lived in a home and not a car. You know, if you hear Wally calling into the show, he sounds like he's got a little bit of a screw loose. Uh, I haven't changed my opinion on that. Uh, but he presented very well, as did the rest of the Fox crowd. So take a bow on that. Uh, I am now off the road. I don't have to go back on the road until March the 1st. So I have time to write and, you know, promote my book and my stand-up special, which, oh, by the way, if you read Variety, the Bible of showbiz, 
Variety just announced a minute ago in a post that my stand-up special will be dropping January the 3rd. So the new year happens. Everybody sobers up, joins a gym, goes to rehab, and right then and there on January 3rd to make you laugh through all of that personal torment, you get their Just Jokes by your main man, Jimmy Fallon, which will debut worldwide on Fox Nation. It is January the 3rd. That is a big win for the American people. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? You're going to like it, and uh, a lot like the people, if you've come out to one of the stand-up shows this year, it's what we do. It's, you know, me kind of talking about the world and not taking any pains whatsoever to censor myself or my language. Why? Because, you know, self-respecting adults know the difference between a joke and a hate crime, okay? A hate crime. You know, there was a long time there where people were telling the speech is violence. You don't understand. Those jokes are violence. When you tell me jokes are violence, what you're really telling me is you've never experienced real violence. <laughs> Just I'm telling you because I care. Anybody thinks what a comedy club is saying is violence is telling you they've lived a very privileged life. I think he's got a point. So in this instance, you will very much come away from the broadcast knowing the difference between a joke and a hate crime. A hate crime is when you violently and physically attack someone. A joke are Joe Biden's poll numbers. I agree with that. I don't doubt that he does. The new report out right now has Joe Biden reportedly upset behind the scenes over a string of polls suggesting that he could lose the 2024 election to Donald Trump. Biden sucks. I mean, I think that's the larger issue here. He's getting mad behind the scenes. Oh, the polls aren't any good. How dare you staffers let these bad polls happen? But you understand, bad polls don't happen because of staffers. Bad polls happen because of bad candidates. Bingo. If Biden's unpopular in the polls, it's not because some 21 blue-haired intern that's a two-spirit, three-gender, you know, unpaid intern is doing a bad job. It's because Biden is doing a very bad job running the country. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, it is not lost on the author of this article in the Washington Post. Uh, The piece is titled, Biden said to be increasingly frustrated by dismal poll numbers. In it, the author begins by writing... The night before President Biden departed Washington to celebrate Thanksgiving on Nantucket, Massachusetts, he gathered his closest aides for a meeting in the White House residence. After parting a pair of turkeys, an annual White House tradition, Biden delivered some stern words for the small group assembled. He said his poll numbers were unacceptably low, and he wanted to know what his team and his campaign were doing about it. But you understand, in that moment... This is politics as usual. He's asking what they can do about it. Not what he can do about it. How can I implement a policy that will help people? How can I take a public position that actually prioritizes America instead of the rest of the world? No, that's not the priority. The priority here is, hey, can you get out there on the Sunday shows, you know, get a better message going, manipulate the American people into thinking I'm doing a good job? That's the ask here. But that's why Biden sucks as bad as he does as a president, okay? They had a car hit the White House motorcade last night in Delaware, okay? Car crashed into the motorcade, which is sad and scary and crazy. And at the time, Biden was asked about his poll numbers. 
Now, I'm going to play this for you. Okay, it's not great audio because the president is far away and a car can be heard crashing in the background. But Biden is asked, how come you're losing the Trump in the polls? Biden says you're reading the wrong polls. You can't handle the truth. My goodness. Listen to this. Clip one. Mr. President, why are you losing to Trump in the polls? So you heard that? Why are you re- why are you losing to Trump in the polls? Biden goes, "You're reading the wrong polls." Not even close. And then you get a car crashing in the background, which if there was a metaphor for this administration, uh, ever there was one, it is this one. Okay, there are no polls. There are no polls that would constitute the right polls in this moment. Biden is losing to Trump two points, a point, in pretty much every poll you look at. He's losing to Mickey, Nikki Haley by 15 points. across. Nikki Haley kills Biden in the general election. If she was the GOP nominee, we, the election is actually over. You could swear her in tomorrow. Okay, she's, you know, she is positioned really well in the general election. Okay, in terms of the GOP primary. Wrong. Okay, she's. Trump is up 50 points. I'm not, you know, I'm not kidding myself here. Trump is well on his way to the nomination, barring some type of a big upset in Iowa or or New Hampshire. Now, Haley, to her credit, is way up in New Hampshire. She's got a double-digit lead over DeSantis now. She trails Trump by about 15 in New Hampshire. But if you know anything about primaries, New Hampshire is an actual winnable state for her. I don't know how Iowa is going to shake out. But one way or the other, both Republicans are beating Biden. Okay, there are no polls that show Biden doing well. The guy's approval rate is at 33 percent. Get him out of here. Get him out. Okay, but when you hear that 33 percent of the country approves of you as a president, that's not time to yell at your interns. That's time to yell at your travel agent and make some plans for 2024 because you're not going to be spending any time in the White House. I mean, really think about that. Okay, Bloomberg Morning Consult poll last week. Okay, has Biden trailing Trump in Wisconsin, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Nevada, North Carolina, and Arizona? Okay, understand that. That's every one of the key swing states that will decide the election. He's losing Wisconsin by four, Georgia by six, Michigan by four, Pennsylvania by two, Nevada by three, Carolina by nine, Arizona by four. He's getting his ass handed to him. Okay, his public opinion on his overall approval rating, this is combining every poll, is 34 percent, 34 percent. I excuse myself. I don't mean to deny him that poll, that polling bounce. Sixty one percent disapprove. Okay, so when he's out there yelling, oh, you know, what are you guys doing about my poll numbers? Okay, you understand that's why he's unpopular. Okay, poll numbers are not based on what interns are doing. Poll numbers are based on what the country is doing. How's the border under Biden? Oh, it's bad. What's the economy? Oh, the economy's bad because inflation is still growing at a higher rate than wages. When they tell you inflation is down, you understand, it's still up from when they actually took office. Correct the mundo. So them saying inflation is down, okay, is a really fancy way, you know, of taking your eye off of the ball being the fact that inflation is actually up. No, inflation's down, you see, the last few months. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. But that's exactly what they're doing. They're peeing on your leg and telling you it's climate change. That's what they're telling you. Another policy, another agenda item that's not popular with the American people on a large scale. 
Okay, if climate change was a priority of the American electorate, they wouldn't have passed the biggest climate change bill in the history of our government under the name Inflation Reduction Act. Think about that. Okay, they Trojan horse the biggest climate spending bill in the history of our country under the name the Inflation Reduction Act. What a fraud. Total fraud. Okay, and unbelievably, okay, they did so with no regard for the fact that this would print and spend more money at a time when we were $33 trillion in debt. That is financial lunacy. But I think that's the bigger issue. Biden, as a traditional politician, is more focused on his poll numbers than he is on the people he's supposed to be looking out for. You know, as a traditional politician heading into an election year, knowing he's historically unpopular, he's yelling at the staff. He's not reevaluating his entire stance on the border. He's not reevaluating his entire stance on domestic energy production, things that are hitting the American people the hardest. Now, they're still crowing on about climate change and pronouns and the military and everything else nobody asked for. Okay, and they think the way out is not to improve your life, but to improve their message. But you understand that's the problem with everything going on in this country right now. Okay, they're not looking out to help you. They are very much looking out for ways to help them. That's the biggest issue we have right now. Hey, Mr. President, you're losing to Trump in every single poll. It's one of the reasons Trump's up 50 points is because Biden's such a bad president. Trump's not even campaigning right now. He's going to court. And he's going to UFC fights. That's what he does. Once in a while, he gives a Sunday afternoon speech that pisses off everybody. The media absolutely loses their mind. The media is a bunch of losers. He was speaking in coded language. He's going to be a dictator. We're all going to die. That's what the media has been reduced to. But no matter how much they hyperventilate, no matter how much manufactured hysteria they dish out, they have one problem, and its name is Joe Biden. Okay, Trump is not surging in the polls because DeSantis sucks. It's not surging in the polls because people don't like Nikki Haley, although she'll never be president of Twitter, let's be honest. Okay, but here's the God's honest truth. Trump is surging in the polls because every day Americans get out of bed, look at the state of the country under Joe Biden, and realize just how much better off they were under Donald Trump. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888 888- 788-9910. It's a big Monday show. Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn is going to be stopping by for a little chit-chat with your radio buddy. We're also going to hear from Dr. Nicole Sapphire and Abby Hornacek, uh, Fox Nation multimedia superstar, who undoubtedly wants to talk about the big article in Variety that just dropped, saying that my stand-up special comes out January the 3rd. Tyrus. Tyrus has a stand-up special out as well. I believe they're calling them stand-up concerts, which makes both of us sound a lot classier than our acts might be, although I can't speak for his. And Fox also has, uh, beginning January the 3rd, 
uh, a Saturday Night Live alumni uh, segment. Uh, it's, a, I guess, a special. It's not a stand-up special. It's um, History of the World in Six Drinks, and it stars Dan Aykroyd and a bunch of other people. So pretty elite company to be a part of. You know, because when you really look out at me and my origin story, you know, when Garth Brooks sang, he had friends in low places. You know, I wasn't one of them, but I was definitely hanging out in all the low places. That's pretty much my life story. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Maybe not, but it's a great way to go through a day on the radio, especially when the world's this big of a mess, okay? The takeaway over the weekend, if you were following this, okay, is that... Biden finds finds himself in this position right now where they're far enough along in the cycle, okay, that there's really as much as we're hearing like, oh, they want to get him off the ticket, okay? There isn't a Democrat that's going out there and like, you know, seizing hold of the electorate. Gavin Newsom looked really slimy when he was on with Sean Hannity and Ron DeSantis. And the bigger issue they have is the DNC has reconfigured its nominating process to get all the states Biden expects to lose, okay, and put them behind South Carolina. South Carolina is overwhelmingly uh, black electorate. Uh, they do. The black community tends to vote Biden, despite the fact that he's been historically bad for their community. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? I mean, the biggest issue facing the black community right now are crime and failing schools. Schools have gotten exponentially worse under Biden, kept them shut down a year longer than they needed to uh, because he didn't want to upset the teachers unions. Randy Weingarten and the gals liked day drinking in their pajamas. I mean, think about that. While American kids were forced to, to learn remotely, Randy Weingarten was over in Ukraine doing a photo op with Zelensky. Does that sound like the American kids are her priority? The answer would be no. No, she's an activist masquerading as, you know, head of the teachers union. Now, the truth is there are so many millions and millions of good teachers out there that truly do care about the kids. Uh, the White House doesn't belong to them. <laughs> the White House belongs to a bunch of people who do whatever the hell the union leaders want. Okay, when it comes to the soaring crime rates, also a big problem for the black community, but they're not actually prioritizing that. What happens in South Carolina is James Clyburn has tremendous influence. He does something called the fish fry every year in the nominating process, and whoever Clyburn endorses wins the black vote overwhelmingly, and they win South Carolina. So the Democrats, knowing that Biden would get crushed in Iowa, would get crushed in New Hampshire, would get crushed in Nevada— Okay, have essentially reconfigured the deck so Biden can get out of the gate with a win and they can keep up this charade that he's going to be the president for the next four years. Guys, if you're paying attention to Joe Biden, he doesn't have the capacity to be the president for the next four minutes. But here we go. Doesn't get any better than a Stevie Wonder Christmas song. Unless you want to throw in something by the Ronettes, but the point is we're doing okay either way you slice it. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Santa, just a week away right now. One week away. Uh, if you're watching TV on Christmas night, you will not only see myself participating in the great Christmas debate, but you will see me hosting a one-hour Christmas special that features Jenny and Lincoln Fela. How about that? They're going to be joining me this Saturday night. I'm hosting Fox News Saturday night. That's December the 23rd. And we're going to be re-airing that episode uh, on December the 25th as well. So you get a lot of Fela vision over the holidays. 
while I'm out in Ohio bottoming out with Jenny's family. It's going to be great. Uh, but right now, the country uh, bottoming out in the Senate Hart Office Building. Uh, no pun intended, or maybe some. Here is the story, if you missed it over the holidays, uh, over the weekend anyway. Another proud moment, staffer for Democratic Senator Ben Cardin uh, from Maryland, now a former aide. Uh, the senator uh, is one of two men in an explicit video that was made of them having sex in a U.S. Senate hearing room. It went viral Friday all over the Internet. It reportedly took place inside hearing room 216 in the Hart Senate office building. So we were told, we were told by the Democrats, just get Trump out of there. We'll get the country back under control. Everything will be normal and dignified. <laughs> Not to be clear, this isn't Biden's fault per se, but it's another embarrassment for the Democratic Party. Uh, the gentleman's name, the former aide, uh, Aiden Mice Zorowski. Uh, he issues the following statement after this video goes viral all over the Internet. Posted a statement on LinkedIn. Why LinkedIn? Because he's now looking for a job. That is correct. Here's the quote here. This has been a difficult time for me as I have been attacked for who I love to pursue a political agenda. I mean, you're attacked for who you love. That was embarrassing. You're not being attacked because of who you love. You're being attacked because of where you love them. That's true. That is true. Okay. If a video leaks of you two having sex in a Senate hearing room. I mean, again, I'm not comparing this to January 6th. Okay, but we were told those people should die in prison because they disrespected the Senate. It's sacred. It's the people's house. You can't show up in a buffalo hat and take a bunch of selfies. The hell is wrong with you? Now, if you want to bang your gay lover, that's another story. I mean, we're just, you know, celebrating love here. That's the angle they're going with. I love my job and would never disrespect my workplace is the second half of the statement. You are so full of sh. Okay, if you're having sex in the Senate hearing room, you're disrespecting the workplace. Okay, you dis- you are. There's no way to slice that any differently. Okay, any attempts to characterize my actions otherwise are fabricated. And I will be exploring what legal options are available to me in these matters. So what's happening here, okay, is the Democrats are trying to frame this as, ah, the Republicans going after this guy just because he's gay. Okay, NBC framed the article horrifically, okay, with their headline, Senate staffer alleged by conservative outlets to have had sex in a hearing room is no longer employed. Okay, so the NBC, that's the news they want you to know. A guy's no longer employed because Republicans accused him of having sex in a hearing room. That is a fact check false. No, no, no. He's no longer employed because a video went viral showing him have sex in a hearing room. Oh, wow. But do you see where the media does try to manipulate sentiments there? Because they know there's an embarrassing look for the Democrats. The Democrats have made the last three years a referendum on disrespecting the Capitol. Republicans were just walking around. Guy had his feet up on the desk. It was crazy. And I'm not telling you January 6th was good. It was bad. It was bad. Bad what all the people did. Bad what all the feds did who were there as well. There's no good angle to January 6th. There just isn't. 
Okay, you're never going to rehabilitate that day in the eyes of the public. You're not. It's sad. It's unfortunate. But they are overzealously prosecuting Republicans, okay, many of whom are listening to this in jail right now because I know their parents and understand this. I've met them at events, okay? They are being overzealously prosecuted because we were told, well, they were interrupting official business at the Capitol. And they were disrespecting the sanctity of the institution. You just can't do that, Jimmy. Now, if you want to do your gay lover, that's another story. I mean, the Democrats know this is bad for them. They know it's a terrible look. So the media is out there going full force as if this is some type of a referendum on Republicans having a problem with gay people. Time was you could go into the Senate hearing and just bang somebody. It wasn't a big deal. Nobody ever said anything about it. I love it when you talk dirty. No, no, they did say a lot about it. That's the point. They know this is a bad look. But trying to reframe it as, oh, you believe these Republicans? It's unbelievable. It's what it is. I, you know, never seen anything like this. It's disgusting. Okay. It's disgusting if it's any type of sex. Okay. It's not about gay sex. If you have it straight sex, you're disrespecting the chamber. Okay. This is why we got so upset when they started doing that sort of thing in the White House. I believe that together we can make America great again. <laughs> not everybody agreed. Uh, that he wanted to make America great again with some of his staffers. This is not okay. But the point is, okay, it's such a bad look for them, so they're trying to reframe it as something else. Okay, the Republicans are dirtbags. They don't like gay people. But the point I made on Friday that you'll hear a lot between now and Election Day is when you're debating things other than the truth, okay, it's because one side benefits tremendously from turning the debate that way. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. Okay, if we're just sitting here having a debate right now about whether or not it's okay to have gay sex in the Senate chamber or straight sex or trans sex or, you know, whatever. I don't know what you call it. The sex that the guys over in Hamas are having with their girlfriends. (laughs) Okay, any of that sex is bad in the Senate chamber. It's a place of work. Okay, it's the people's house. It's not supposed to be going on. But they're trying to turn this into something else. Oh, conservatives heard a gay man got some. Now they're all mad because they're a bunch of homophobes. The Democrats try to make a negative into a positive at every turn. That's kind of the M.O. And their allies in the media are there to help them with the lift. Okay, in this case, it's a pretty heavy one. Okay, but why are they doing that? Because they don't want to confront this head on. The head on is a very short debate. Should people be having sex inside the heart Senate chamber the answer would be no no they shouldn't okay no matter what they're having sex with on a boat on a goat on a train on a plane it's a dr seuss novel the democrats know that so you have to reframe it so we can make the debate more favorable to them okay and that's what they're doing here oh you believe these republicans unbelievable getting mad at this guy but it's such a good summation of where we are as a country right now okay that we're fighting every battle except the one that matters The reason you hear me plugging my book as relentlessly as I am on TV, I'm on constantly. Like, I'm all over. Today, you'll see me on Martha McCallum. I'll be on with Dagan McDowell in the 6 o'clock hour. I'm on with Hannity tonight in the 9 o'clock hour. I'll be right back out of bed on Fox and Friends tomorrow. Then I'll be on with the Ingram Angle along the way. I'll be on with Stuart Varn. It's nonstop, okay? But it's because I actually believe in the book. Like, the book is about what we do on the show. It's called Cancel Culture Dictionary. And it's basically an explanation of how society is fighting all the wrong battles because we don't take anything on head on anymore. We confront it from these make-believe angles. 
Well, comedy club jokes are violence. Speech is violence. No, it's not. Okay, the highest form of inclusion is being made fun of at a comedy club because that means you're equal to everybody else there. When they protested Dave Chappelle because they were like, oh, I made jokes about the trans community. That's equality. He's treating them as an equal. He's saying you're mainstream enough that you can be made fun of just like the straight people and everybody else. Okay, sticking one group off into the corner like some infantilized lesser than putting emotional bubble tape around them at a comedy show is not equality. Okay, they're treating you like a child, like an infant. Okay, but they like to have those debates. Why? Because when they repurpose the argument, it benefits them. Okay, when you repurpose the argument to Republicans are just man because gay men are together, that benefits the Democrats because they get to run on, oh, there's so much homophobia in the world. Unbelievable. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally. But when you actually confront the argument head on, hey, why are people filming themselves having sex in a Senate hearing? Because to them, that is cool. To them, that is street cred. But then the video leaked and everybody was like, this is disgusting. Who does that? That's gross. And now they need to repurpose the argument. That's how it works. So in the current moment we find ourselves in, you know, a little bit less than a year out from Election Day, you've got a president who's polling behind ISIS for all intents and purposes, a guy they pretty much stuck with on the ballot at this point. Okay, you can expect that a lot of the debates we're going to have between now and November aren't real. Okay, Trump was speaking yesterday uh, at a turning point event, and he made some comments about immigration, about how it can poison the bloodstream of a country. And, of course, he's very much referring to the reality that when you let tens of millions of people into the country that don't share your values, it very well changes the culture in your country. It very well leads to the types of unrest we've seen all over Europe. The fact remains you cannot point to a country that has let 8 million people cross its borders, 2 million gotaways in addition to that, that has somehow benefited from having to finance and subsidize that number of illegal immigration. We're not talking about immigration, but this is when you see the desperation and the scam of the Democrats. Ah, Trump's just pulling a Hitler here, speaking out against the illegal immigration. Why? Because they've got different skin color? No, because it's illegal. Okay, because at a time when half the world wants to blow us up, they're vowing to wipe Israel off the map, and we found 200 people that we know of on the terror watch list crossing our border, now would be a really good time to be paying attention to who crosses the southern border illegally. If they don't respect our laws, if they don't respect our values, and now you're telling me we should be okay with paying for them to live in our country? Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. I mean, think about that. But they'll tell you, oh, it's xenophobic. It's Hitler. And why do they want to have that pretend argument? Because the real argument about the border doesn't benefit them. If you walk around to every single American and go, hey, do you want to let 10 million people across the border overwhelm the city school systems that are already failing? Do you realize 70 percent of the kids in New York City can't read? They cannot read. OK, they cannot read. And now we have 67,000 migrant children who don't speak English. That's just reality. And we're adding them to the classrooms. So we went from classroom overcrowding being the number one issue facing city school teachers to, by the way, here's 20 extra kids for your class who don't speak English. Is that going to help the quality 
of anybody's education in this country? The answer would be no. No, and it doesn't make you racist to point that out. We're screwing American kids. They don't want to have a debate over whether or not the border policy is good, so let's have a debate over whether or not Donald Trump is quoting Hitler. It's a pretend debate, but the Democrats succeed when we're all pretending. Because when we open our eyes and we look at the state of the country, we know that every single thing is worse because of what they're doing. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. It's the number one children's show in the country. He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America, Jimmy Fallon doing the dang thing, 888-788-9910. Okay, a little bit of a media hullabaloo ensuing right now on the airwaves. Here is Trump talking over the weekend about mass migration. Uh, I don't know that a political strategist would have wrote this quote up if you paid the money to. Uh, but I do know at the same time, it's not him declaring the Fourth Reich is here and they're about to go round up everybody and kill them Hitler style. Clip six. They're poisoning the blood of our country. That's what they've done. They poison mental institutions and prisons all over the world, not just in South America, not just the three or four countries that we think about, but all over the world. They're coming into our country from Africa, from Asia, all over the world. OK, so here we go. I'm going to play you a couple of clips uh, from a place called CNN. CNN is the worst. Jim Acosta, remember him batting leadoff? Says Trump's pitch for border security is a appeal to white supremacists. Clip 10. In the meantime, former President Donald Trump is again making uh, some very incendiary comments about immigrants, uh, talking about immigrants poisoning the blood of this country used that kind of rhetoric earlier today in New Hampshire. Why it sounds like an appeal to white supremacists, because in many cases it is an appeal to white supremacists. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm -hmm. that is. (laughs) Say it again. Uh, And why are they yelling about white supremacy now? Because the Democrats are now starting to really hemorrhage black votes. They're starting to hemorrhage black votes because inflation is crushing the black community. The border crisis crushing the black community, not just in a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths, but in the overcrowding of inner city schools. The fact that most inner city infrastructure, okay, that's aimed in black communities like Chicago and New York to help people who could use a little bit of help is now being allocated to migrants who have broken our laws and come here illegally. You understand Joe Biden's border policy is crushing black America. Joe Biden's energy policy, crushing black America. Joe Biden's position on crime, crushing black America. So why not get out there and call Trump a white supremacist instead? That's what they're trying to do here. I mean, I'm not telling you Trump gave you a perfect pull quote there, but here's Ruth Ben-Ghiat on CNN saying it's fascist rhetoric. Clip 11. This is, you know, this is fascist rhetoric. Uh, The worries about polluting the blood of the superior race uh, go as a standard of Nazism. It's not just the Nazis. It's also fascists in Italy. Uh, Mussolini literally talked about killing rats to go back to Trump's use of vermin in an earlier speech. He talked about killing rats who were bringing uh, infectious diseases and communism into Italy. So, you know, this is fascist rhetoric and he's using it for a very precise purpose. 
You're the lowest form of life on earth. I mean, really, the lowest form of life. No, no, you don't understand. This is fascist rhetoric, okay? And if you tie it to his other speech, this is like someone trying to interpret Taylor Swift's actions. You know, and like, well, Taylor Swift wore the color blue today, and her car was third in line when she took off blue three. That's a reference to her third album, Who Wore Blue, that she referenced. And it's, you know, pop culture entertainment stuff that people are doing to go find joy in entertainment. But what the media does is they take the same approach to Trump. Well, what he said here, if you combine him with what he said in a speech back in August, you can tie it to Hitler and Mussolini. And if you play Dark Side of the Moon backwards and a train leaves Chicago at the same time a car pulls out of Philadelphia, that's what's going on here. Straight up clown stuff. (laughs) Yes, Trump says ridiculous things. Always has, always will. But Trump is not Hitler anymore that he's not Mussolini. Trump is a guy who had a TV show on NBC for 15 years. He was part of the fabric of mainstream America. But the reason the Democrats keep losing support and the communities depend on the most is they're insulting their intelligence by making a historical comparison between Trump and Hitler. Okay, Hitler didn't rise to power and then go, now give me uh, till my second term and I'll start to implement my agenda. Okay, this idea that Trump term one was just him hanging, but term two is where the problem starts. Clown stuff. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Not a single voter has voted yet, but with just four weeks until the Iowa caucuses and five weeks until the first primary votes are cast in New Hampshire, it looks like Donald Trump has an insurmountable lead, at least if you believe the polls. In fact, our colleagues at 538 have looked at the historical data and found that no presidential candidate in history has ever been this far ahead in the national polls as Trump is at this point in the cycle and gone on to lose the nomination. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up for another big hour. And there you heard it from Jonathan Carl. Trump pulling a secretariat in the Republican primaries, a wire-to-wire lead, which ultimately spells doom for Joe Biden. Why? Because one guy's coming in with a hell of a whole lot of momentum, and the other guy is not even fully aware of What he's coming into at all. I mean, let's be honest. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of this hour's discussion. An hour that will include Dr. Nicole Sapphire, Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. We're also going to get a visit from Abby Hornacek. But the big talk right now is on the GOP campaign trail where Nikki Haley has picked up some serious momentum. Wrong. I'm not saying she's closed the gap on Trump. But when you look out at New Hampshire, she is now running away from Ron DeSantis. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Let me get into this with you for a second, because I just found this to be so fascinating. As we get back on the air, big week of broadcasting. Okay, former South Carolina governor up in the state of New Hampshire. This is a CBS News poll. Okay, she has cut Trump's lead. Okay, Trump was up 39 points in New Hampshire, 39 points in New Hampshire. 
Okay, he is now up 15 over Nikki Haley. So she has closed the gap on Trump by 24 points. Okay, when you look out at that number, yes, Trump's still in the lead. He's at 44 percent. Haley's at 29. Ron DeSantis, the guy who got in with all the money, all the hype. This is the dude that could do it. Eleven percent for DeSantis. He's only up one point, one point over Chris Christie. So DeSantis, a very distant third in New Hampshire. He's 18 points behind Haley uh, and 33 points behind Trump. So you understand for DeSantis. Okay, Iowa is make or break. He's running out of money. He's running out of momentum. Okay, and if he doesn't win Iowa, a state that, to be clear, doesn't necessarily forecast who the nominee is going to be anyway. Okay, Ted Cruz won Iowa in 2016. Did he win the nomination? The answer would be no. Rick Santorum won it in 2012. Did he win the nomination? The answer would be no. Okay, so Iowa is not a bellwether for the electorate as a whole, but when it comes to DeSantis, he's in a precarious position because he needs to demonstrate an ability to win, an ability to defy the polls in order for people to start sending him money again for the campaign. It costs a lot of money to run for political office. It does, okay, and DeSantis is running out of that money right now as we speak. This could be a problem. Okay, but when we come to the GOP primary, okay, most Republicans, like straight up, most Republicans would rather lose with Trump on the ticket than win with any other Republican. Straight up, they want another shot at this. It's a sporting event. Okay, they feel Trump was wronged in 2020. And again, it's very hard to look out at the unprecedented manner in which we voted and feel like anybody got a fair shake. I don't have proof that the election was stolen. What I do know is they used turnout, okay? Things that, have would, that would have been traditionally illegal in prior elections were made legal, okay, in 2020. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, going into 2020, ballot harvesting was illegal, meaning collecting the ballots of an entire apartment building, going around door to door and picking them up. That's not them voting. That's just you showing up with a ballot saying, sign it, do what you want. I mean, they have the right to exercise preference. But the point is you're taking the enthusiasm, you're taking the obligation to show up and vote away from the voter. Ergo, you can get a much higher turnout for a lackluster uh, candidate like Joe Biden. Okay, the mail-in voting, the fact that these postmarks, okay, had to be received by the day of the election, which was unprecedented in elections past. Okay, 24-hour drop boxes. These are all things we had never done before in an election. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. So you can look back at 2020 and say it was very unconventional. It was very unorthodox. It was very unprecedented. And it somehow resulted in Joe Biden being the highest vote getter in the history of our country. Come on, don't bullshit. But that is the end result. Okay, Joe Biden did, in fact, get more votes if we are to believe this thing was on the level than anybody else in the history of the country, including Donald Trump and, yes, Barack Obama. Don't be thick. All right. But that's the truth. When you look out at the 2020 election, you have to believe that Joe Biden was more popular with black Americans than Barack Obama was. Don't be thick. All right. I know. (laughs) Feeling that one might come back. But when you look out at the GOP, okay, which is where most of the headlines are being made, if only because they're having a legitimate primary, okay, three people are primarying Barack Obama. I'm, excuse me, Joe Biden. It's a Freudian slip because 
Obama's probably in charge, but three people are primarying Biden, Marianne Williamson, Dean Phillips. We also have RFK Jr., who just ran as an independent because the Democrats wouldn't pay any attention to the guy. That's just how white folks will do you. But they did him that way. Why? Because Biden is in no capacity to campaign against anybody. Biden can't make a case for himself. He needs the media out there telling you Trump is Hitler. Okay, he needs montages like the one we played you on Friday. Hear this one more time just so you can laugh on a Monday. Okay, you're going back to work. It's the last week before Santa comes. Okay, some of you have got some stressful shopping to do. Some of you got some end-of-the-year anxiety on your hands. Listen to the media describing what's going to happen if Trump gets reelected. It's so much fun. Clip 14. What would a second Donald Trump term look like? Well, he cannot be the next president um, it, it, because if he is. You can't imagine the things that he's going to do. Mexico, Canada. We can't go to Canada because eventually Canada will become annexed to America. And shoot visitors to the White House. Yeah, that means he can shoot the first lady. We're going to see violence, the likes of which we didn't even see on January 6th. Make it illegal to run against him, to throw his opponents in jail, to shut down the media. He will make himself into the Fuhrer, and he will make everybody raise their hand and salute him. Using martial law against the American people. Terminate the Constitution. To rewrite the Constitution. Create mass internment camps. Throw everyone into Gitmo. Might be sent to jail, or their rights might be suppressed especially minority groups in society. You might have any number of things happen to you and your family. Every one of us, our freedom, our liberty, none of us is safe. It's going to have people around him executing against an enemy's list. Assassinate generals. Ordering troops uh, to um, attack American citizens. Trump's very well-armed and extremist base will try to kill people. They're going to assassinate generals. He's going to shoot. He's going to shoot the first lady. You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? But if they're going to this length to try to horrify people away from Trump, you understand? It's because they're in a really desperate spot right now. Okay, Trump is pulling a secretary out in the Republican field. I'm not saying they couldn't catch him. Things can happen. There's an upset in Iowa. Nikki Haley wins New Hampshire. This thing gets very interesting. Okay, if DeSantis drops out and supports Haley or Christie drops out, supports Haley, Vivek ain't going to do it. But I'm just saying in general, she's only down 15 points. If she had DeSantis' support and Christie's support, she would be beating Trump in New Hampshire. So that's significant. Okay, if she had their support in Iowa, she would be beating Trump in Iowa. She'd be very close anyway, within the margin of error. But the point is, I'm not telling you Trump's about to lose this. But I am telling you the media believes he's going to win the whole thing, which is why you're starting to get the ridiculous rhetoric around Trump. Here is Nikki Haley to her credit yesterday. Okay, Going in okay, on the fact that the media is obsessed with Trump. Uh, This is he first starts by talking to Haley about Trump and chaos. Let's get that exchange. Clip three. I agree with a lot of Trump's policies. I think he was the right president at the right time. But looking at the situation now, our country's in disarray. The world is on fire and chaos follows him. And we can't have a country in chaos for four more years or we won't survive it. I hear you say that a lot. Chaos follows him. But is it chaos follows him or does he create the chaos? I mean, that sounds so passive. He chaos follows him. I mean, rightly or wrongly, you call it whatever you want to call it. But when you feel it, it's chaos. When I tell these rooms that, they all nod their head. They get it. 
That's a little bit of both. I mean, the, the truth is the media has manufactured a hysteria when it comes to Donald Trump that allows them in their minds anyway to violate every decent tenet of journalism, use anonymous sources, leak things, report unconfirmed allegations as fact, overlook origin sources when you know they discredit their stories. I mean, this is the truth. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. We don't have journalists. We have activists masquerading as journalists. A journalist's job is to get out there and pursue the truth to the end of the earth with no regard for how it affects the people in power. Journalists, like back in the era of Watergate, made careers for themselves by breaking out of the pack. Now journalists do everything they can to fit right in. Oh, everybody's in the tank for the Democrats? Okay, how can I help that effort? That's what journalism is in the modern era. So you understand so much of this manufactured hysteria around Trump was certainly fed into by Trump himself, who's willing to say anything, has no regard for words. He's a New Yorker. When you come from New York, everything's either the greatest thing in the world or the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Did you eat that pizza? Bro, changed my life, man. It, it changed my life uh, when I ate that pizza. The greatest pizza in the history of all mankind. It was amazing. Okay, conversely, <laughs> the next guy bites it, and it's pretty good pizza nonetheless. He's like, no, no, pizza sucks. They should round up the chef, execute his whole family. New Yorkers speak in extremes, okay? And people don't like that in the media because they speak on TV for a living. They put a bigger emphasis on what you say over what you do. Trump, the guy who was supposed to be the extremist, what did he ultimately wind up doing? Securing the border, which makes every American safer. Becoming the first president in four decades not to get us into a war which makes the world safer, okay? Trump did not govern like an extremist. But now they're in such a desperate spot when it comes to him re winning re-election that they're trying to sell you on the idea that, you know, like all dictators, he's waiting till a second term in office to do the dictating. The first term he was just kind of hanging out, making sure he had all the furniture he liked, you know, getting used to the lifestyle. But it's the second term, you see. This time it's going to get really bad. That's what they're doing right now. Here's Nikki Haley calling them out for the manufactured hysteria. Clip five. I mean, he's running on retribution. He wants to go out and he talks about annihilating his enemies and using the criminal justice system to do so. What, what, do, you, what do you think of that? You guys are exhausting. You're yeah. exhausting in your obsession with him. The thing is, the normal people aren't obsessed with Trump like you guys are. The normal people care about the fact that they can't afford things. They feel like their freedoms are being taken away. They think government's too big. I know y'all want to talk about every single word he says and every single tweet he does. That's exactly why we need a new generational leader. Because people don't want to hear about every word a person says or every tweet. They want to know how you fought for them that day. And they want to know how their life is going to be different. I mean, Nikki Haley. I admire your honesty. I mean, because, you know. Trump's the guy she's trailing in the polls, and she could have just gone out there and been like, yeah, all the bad stuff you're saying, let's pile it on his plate. It would benefit her maybe politically to do so. But she's flat out telling you what the media has created under Donald Trump is by design an obsession. A lot of people hate Trump all day, so they don't have to look inward at the things they hate about themselves. Yes, he says a lot of bad things. He does. Very potty-mouthed, very crass and pugnacious. But as a leader, he did things that were way better for our country than what we have going on right now. That's his enduring popularity. It's not that his voters are a bunch of white supremacists. His voters voted for Obama. Think about that. The majority of Trump voters supported Barack Obama when you look at it by number. 
Okay, so what did they go from, like, they were racist, but they got some type of prescription drug that got them through eight years of Obama, and then the prescription didn't renew, and now the racism crept back in? That's not what's happening here. Okay, most Americans are so far past race, they just don't even care. Okay, when it talks about, like, the clips you heard, he's going to jail his political opponents. So the Democrats are trying to do right now. We'd never indicted a president once in 247 years. Trump's now been indicted 91 times on frivolous things. They're doing the thing they accuse the other guy of. But again, that's a manufactured hysteria. They want that hysteria to exhaust people. They want that hysteria to say, well, you know, let's just force this guy off the ticket. It's so chaotic, we'd just be better off with him not around, okay? That is ultimately what they're going for. The problem is, if they do get Trump off the ticket, they're stuck with Nikki Haley in all likelihood, someone who happens to be polling 15 points better than Trump in the general election. It's about 13 points. So you understand, you could get rid of Trump if you're the media, but it's not going to bring you any closer to actually winning the election. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right, you're right. You're right. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. Hey, girl. Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Listen to this racist Hail Mary, okay? Here's Jamie Harrison on MSNBC trying to tell you Trump was a disaster for black America. Got the lowest black unemployment rate in the history of the country. He also made black households the single largest accelerator of household wealth thanks to the Trump tax cuts. Here's Jamie Harrison saying Trump was a problem. It's Biden that's saving the world. Clip 12. We know the contrast. The president often says, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. Donald Trump was a disaster for black America, and we know it. And we'll make sure that folks who forgot that, because, you know, it's been four years, that they remember all of the things that he's done to attack. And what Republicans are constantly doing now to erode voting rights, to erode uh, reproductive rights for women, to erode uh, going after diversity, equity, inclusion. They're still there. They're still grounded in that. But we also want to make sure that no voter, particularly black voters, do not feel as though they are taken for granted, that we see them, that we hear them, that we value them. And we want black men particularly to understand that. We know that black men want more security. They want more economic security and physical security. They want to be able to provide for their families. So we want them to know how this administration has made that happen. And we will continue to go that. I'm in barbershops every month all over this country. I was with Cory Booker in South Carolina doing that. This first in the nation primary in South Carolina is going to be centered on that. Mm -hmm. This is the first time instead of black folks being at the back of the bus, hell, we are driving the bus. And that is because of Joe Biden. No president before ever decided to take on Iowa and New Hampshire be kicking off this and now in a, a state where 40% of enslaved people came to this country the descendants of those enslaved people will pick the most powerful person on the face of this earth okay democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas totally okay and every one of biden's ideas is stupid okay outsourcing domestic energy production makes life harder on the black community Okay, supporting defund the police politicians like AOC and Cori Bush and Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar. Stupid. Okay, leaving the border wide open. Stupid. 
Okay, inflation is outstripping wage growth in this country. And we're seeing massive spikes in violent crime in the black community. Saying Trump is bad doesn't help anybody go to a better school like the failing ones in inner cities the Democrats are creating by selling out to the teachers unions, which is why you're getting all this racist garbage instead of actual policy. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Made it back from West Palm Beach in one piece. That was my final stand-up gig of the year. Uh, I will not be back on the road until March the 1st. But if you want to see me live in action, uh, here are the dates. It's Friday, March 1st. We're at the Colonial Theater in Idaho Falls, Idaho. Hey, girl. Uh, Saturday, March the 2nd, the Crest Theater in Sacramento, California, West Coast Swing. Then March 9th, we are back on the East Coast in Florida at the Ponte Vedre Concert Hall in Ponte Vedre Beach, Florida. Then we go back out west. Friday night, March the 29th, we are in the Helena Civic Center in Helena, Montana. Saturday night, March the 30th, we are at the Fox Theater in Spokane, Washington. Then the following Friday, we are in the Federal Way Performing Arts Center. That's Friday night, April the 5th, we are in Federal Way, Washington. Uh, Saturday night, April the 6th, the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho. And, of course, Saturday, May the 18th, the Schubert Theater in Boston, Massachusetts. Wild stuff. And joining us now on the show, a man who has experienced this phenomenon live and in person uh, and handed me alcohol after the show. He brought me alcohol, brought me all kinds of fabulous things, including a far more, um, I, I, shall I say, upstanding presentation of self than you might deduce from hearing him talk to me on the phone. Wally from St. Pete Beach is on the line. Wally! Jimmy, brother! That was our, like, low-rent sleepless in Seattle. We finally got to meet. It wasn't quite the Empire State Building. It was a dog track in Florida. And I think it was underwhelming for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, Wally, I texted Mikey right away. I said, I said hey, I met Wally, and I, I thought you showed up. I made a point to commend you. Did I not? Yes, but I tell you what, we both survived that that Florida white knuckle weather weekend. Yeah, what was that about, Wally? My, we flew in sideways on my plane. Like it's so. That was, I, I told you that was the, our uh, Dylan Mulvaney hurricane light for you. That's <laughs> so silly, but it was. It was. Uh, we my pilot was auditioning for the Blue Angels on the way down the West Palm. <laughs> Barrel rolls, anything you could think of, but we landed. We made it work, and it was, of course. A, a high honor uh, to be in your presence, Wally. But you know what? I got I really got to commend you. You hide it so well. Your royal lineage, the silver spoon you were born with, the gold-plated Pampers. You are <laughs> you. You come across as just a regular guy. <laughs> mm, so silly. Good for you. Well, I told. I, Go real ahead. Quick, real quick, I I think Nikki Haley, Donald Trump will be a formidable. Ticket. If that's the ticket, they could win easily. Like she helps what what a lot of people don't get who hate her is how much she helps on the issue of abortion, which is the number one issue for women suburban swing voters. And that actually is who the Republican that's who Trump needs specifically. So she'd be very helpful to Trump. Um well, she's, and, the calming, she's the calming side to Trump also yes. that we put a we put a wooden spoon in her hand and let her go mom on Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. No, oh, that'd be hot. I mean, I'd want her to go mom on me first, if we're going to be honest. But couldn't work that out for another time. Uh, she She's uh, probably going to be on the show later in the week this week, so I'll pass along your sentiments, of course. 
And, you got uh, but, hey, thank you for a great weekend. Oh, it was great. I told Mikey you're going to produce. I forgot to tell the audience this. Wally wants to produce some comedy shows for Fox News. Wally, we didn't even discuss this. You sent me your whole outline. So what do I have to do? I have to be Tyrus's go-between on this deal? I have to flag down Tyrus? Uh, well, actually, I think there's a – I didn't add it in there, but I think there's a show. You and Tyrus could be Fox Extra Large. Oh, well, that's funny. That's Everybody else told me that I look skinnier in person. Wally's like, yeah, you're the same size as Tyrus. Thanks for that. I kid. You have a good way of keeping me in check, Wally. All right, we will follow up with you on all things Wally, but thank you for this. Great call as always. Fantastic. Good talking to you, Jimmy. My man. There he goes. Wally. Wally, who showed up, he said he wants a job producing content and comedy for Fox News. Get him out of here. Get him out. Ah, you never know. Wally's funny. He's got a lot of good ideas. Everything he wrote up I thought was very funny, too. He's Wally. You understand? Uh, But here's the point. When he says Nikki Haley would be helpful to Trump, that is actually true. One of the reasons she's polling as well as she is, is the biggest issue and the reason we didn't have a red wave in the midterm elections is because repealing Roe versus Wade is a tremendous, tremendous turnout issue for Democrats. Democrats have successfully learned how to frame abortion as a women's reproductive health issue. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Because you're just flat out killing a baby. I mean, but the point is they don't present it that way. The Democrats went from safe, legal, and rare to, you know, I proudly abortion on demand, you know, anywhere we want, whenever we want it, shut your face, you're not oppressing women, this isn't The Handmaid's Tale. They've sold the abortion issue really well. And what they did was they successfully, successfully, even if it was a lie, characterized the repeal of Roe versus Wade as the end of abortion. When in truth, the repeal of Roe versus Wade was the beginning because it gave every state the right to vote on just how much abortion they'd be okay with. Now, the reality is when you look out at this issue, if you're a pro-life listener, this is your truth, okay? You need to know this, okay? The vast majority of the American people do support abortion, but they support it with strict limitations. 12 weeks to 15 weeks, which is what they have in Europe, is about what 82% of Americans are on board with, about 82%. So you understand you're trying to defy 82% of the American people if you get out there and peddle abortion as something we're just not going to have at all. Okay, because individual states, liberal states that have the right to choose, okay, are going to vote for abortion. What Republicans should be doing is adopting the Nikki Haley position, which is that essentially you can't demonize the people who are pro-choice as much as you might disagree with it and find it disgusting. Okay, in order to win the election, you need to find a common ground. The common ground on the right is you could be pro-life. Although you're not going to have the right or the supermajorities to make the country pro-life, what you can do, what you can provide pro-life voters is a vow and a promise and a plan to work as hard to give pregnant women life options as the Democrats have to have given them death options. Okay, the Democrats want you to believe if you get pregnant, okay, just abort the baby. That should be plan A. Okay, just don't. What are you crazy? Abort the baby. Okay, you're a woman. Your whole life revolves around being in a cubicle 85 hours a week. 
That's what the Democrats want you to believe, that children are an impediment to a woman trying to find her true value in the world. Because in the democratic worldview, your whole existence is defined by the success of your career. Now, I can tell you, as someone sitting here on the radio, who through some spectacular confluence of events, a lot of luck, a lot of hard work, every one of my childhood dreams has come true. Every one of them. Every single one of them. The only one that hasn't, okay, is when I was in fifth grade. Fifth grade. I really, really wanted to hook up with Catherine Bach, who played Daisy Duke on the, on the Dukes of Hazard. Other than that... Every one of my childhood dreams has come true. I don't have any luck with Daisy Duke. Catherine Bach is not returning my calls. But getting past that, everything I could ever hope to accomplish in my career, I've already done. Okay, I'm not even kidding. I got a book out. It'll be a bestseller, a stand-up special, my own national talk show. I'm all over your TV. I'm sure I'll be on it even more next year. Okay, it's going well. Okay, but I can tell you my life and my happiness has not been defined by it in any way. Okay, I had so much fun as a cab driver that nobody cared about and nobody heard of. So I went, and hung out, went home and hung out with Jenny and Lincoln, and we laughed our asses off every day. Okay, but the idea that Democrats have succeeded in convincing enough people that they need to prioritize abortion because it gives you more time to spend at work. Okay, number one, they couldn't be any further from the truth because there's nothing more rewarding than raising a good kid, a productive member of society, than being a part of something larger than yourself, which is your family. Okay, it's the greatest thing you could ever do. But the Democrats try to frame abortion as like a career planning thing, women's reproductive health planning thing, you know, that whole thing. But they never talk about the health of the woman who happens to be in the womb at the moment, okay? But because it is a turnout issue, but because it is something they're going to vote on, this is just a reality in the general election. Nikki Haley is better positioned on abortion than any other Republican because she's a woman. And she's giving this take a woman's frame of reference instead of a guy's. That's why Republicans got their asses handed to them in the midterms. Okay, because every single Democrat went out and voted under the guise that Republicans were going to ban abortion, that a bunch of white men were going to get out there and affect the reproductive health decisions for women of every color. They weren't going to have it in the Democratic Party, and they got a record-breaking turnout, which, of course, took the red wave and turned it into like a damp rag for all intents and purposes. So when Wally says something like Haley would be great on the Trump ticket, she actually would be. She'd be phenomenal for Trump to balance him out a little bit and help him with that issue. And if, heaven forbid, she winds up being the nominee, then forget about it because she polls better, you know, against Democrats head up than Trump does. But this is not a moment where we're trying to demonize Donald Trump. We have enough Democrats in the media doing that. Listen to this Jake Tapper clip about Trump talking about Trump quoting Putin. Clip nine. Hello, I'm Jake Tapper in Washington, where the state of our union is frankly stunned watching the leading Republican presidential candidate, Donald Trump, quote one of our nation's foremost adversaries, Vladimir Putin, as a sort of character witness while on the stump in New Hampshire last night. One might think such a point need not be made, but Vladimir Putin, a former KGB official with blood on his hands who regularly sides with American adversaries, both rhetorically and with arms, and who right now has at least two Americans, Evan Gershkovich and Paul Whelan, unjustly detained. Vladimir Putin is not a credible source of information about American democracy, much less American jurisprudence. That was embarrassing. So Jay Tapper is now back to saying Trump is guided 
by Putin. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. Very desperate. We're back to where we started now. Okay, when you're starting to hear all the Putin talk, it's so embarrassing. Like, I, I have to tell you this. I wear a lot of stupid stuff on TV, but I am very conscious, very conscious of what I say and the fact that millions of people might hear it and either be A, misinformed, or B, just think I'm a shameless jackass for saying something that's, you know, number one, so, like, performatively scared, performatively outraged, okay, strategically divisive. When Jake Tapper gets on and opens a show with, I am frankly stunned that Trump is using Putin as a North Star. Number one, Trump isn't using Putin as a North Star, so that's embarrassing, because you're just opening your show on a lie. But number two, trying to sell hysteria that we now know was cooked up by the media with the help of the Clinton campaign. They told us for three years Trump was a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. Okay, by the time the Mueller probe was over, we knew that not only had Trump not talked to Putin, I'm pretty sure he hasn't seen Rocky IV. Okay, I don't don't know that he's had Russian dressing on a salad, let alone colluded with Russia. Okay, but they're back to doing this again, rinse, wash, repeat, because this is what they are now. Okay, they're not journalists. Okay, and they're not people who are mindful on how they impact the consumer. Okay, that's the one thing I'm actually proud of that I've ever done in my life is that I go out of my way every day to position these discussions in ways in which we welcome dissent, we welcome disagreement. And we are mindful that we can get things wrong. I am not some omnipotent point, uh, you know, source of intellectual excellence. I'm a hot mess who just happens to care about the country. And I want everybody listening to know they're not my enemy if they don't agree with me. These people and far too many people in positions of prominence in journalism think they're generals in some type of fight for the country. It's not how TV is supposed to work. It's not how radio is supposed to work. We're just supposed to be here giving Americans forums where they can share discussions, okay, where they can agree, disagree, okay, acknowledge that we do have differences of opinion, but at the end of the day, we still want what's best for the country. We're not going to sit here and listen to you badmouth the United States of America. That's the hook. But never, never before Donald Trump's entrance into politics had it become so fashionable to not only demonize the candidate, but demonize the voters. Like, that's what they do now. You know, Trump's a white supremacist. He knows that will rally his base. Whoever heard of that? Okay, when you really talk about it, that's not how politics are supposed to work. Nobody talks anymore about the issues. No. They simply just, this man is for toxic drinking water to kill your children. I mean, (laughs) gee. Johnny Carson in 1984. Okay, think about that. If that's how he felt in 1984, imagine how they'd feel today. Okay, the border's wide open. Jake Tapper's talking about a pretend Putin uh, Putin compass. You know, a record level of Americans have died from fentanyl poisoning deaths. Their kids go to failing schools. Taxes are through the roof. Okay, we're on the brink of World War III, but Trump's a pretend Russian. By all means! But why are they doing that? Because they're just entertainers now, okay? And their form of entertainment is this pro-wrestling thing, where they're out there selling you on this hysteria. They're out there selling confirmation bias to people who tune into CNN and MSNBC because they hate themselves, and they just want to be told that they're better than somebody. That's what MSNBC is. I mean, Morning Joe, if you watch it, everyone watching Morning Joe is a white person that hates themselves. 
and they turn it on to be told they're better than those racists in the middle of the country, those transphobes, those misogynists, you know, those homophobes. That's why they're mad that guys are having gay sex in the Senate. It's, you know, it's mad. It's, it's they're gay and they're mad because they don't like gay people. Like, no, that's not the point. The point is not supposed to be having sex in the Senate. Okay, the only people that are supposed to get screwed in the Senate are the voters. If you've been paying attention to this country for the last hundred years. But when you talk about the actual acts that are going on, they're being brought to you by the party that was supposed to put decency back on the ballot. Now, what have we had since Biden got into office? We had a topless trans activist. Okay, we've got cocaine in the White House. We've got people having gay sex in the Senate. You've got that bizarro Marxist dance troupe that wants to defund the police dancing up and down the Christmas display. It's embarrassing stuff, man. It's embarrassing. But that's how you wind up back at Vladimir Putin. (laughs) If you're working in liberal media right now and you need to help Biden win the election, you better be talking about Russia because there's nothing good that you can say about America. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the dang thing at 888-788-9910. A lot happening over here, including Senator Marsha Blackburn in the next hour. The great Abby Hornacek is going to be here as well. Uh, and we're going to have a little chit-chat about what's going on on college campuses. Where I got to be honest, if you're paying attention, if you walked onto the campus of Harvard right now. I'm surrounded by idiots. Everybody who is sold to you as an elite happens to be a moron. I think he's got a point. It's crazy. There's so much more to be learned that will prepare you for life by just getting out there and working a normal job. Go be a waiter. Go be a waitress. Go drive an Uber. Go deliver packages at UPS. Be a cop. Be a fireman. Learn a trade. Drive a truck. The point is interact with normal human beings. And you'll know more about the world and the need for hard work and the need for coexistence and compassion and decency than you will from any of the people who are making that their branded Harvard. Okay, every one of these people who are like, coexist, hate has no home here. They then run off to some rally about wiping Israel off the map. It's bad stuff. Bill Maher called it out over the weekend. We're going to play it in the next hour because you have to hear it, man. Okay, and a lot of liberals get it. But the people who work in elite academia don't because they're no longer going to colleges that teach you how to think. They're now long, they now teach you what to think. And sadly, what to think is that every one of these people is completely full of Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And we are fired off to bring you an embarrassment of radio riches in this hour of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn is going to be here. Abby Hornacek, multimedia sensation, Fox Nation superstar, Fox News contributor, damn good friend of this show, is going to stop by to talk about some holiday programming. And, of course, we will make an attempt to discuss all of the 
horrible programming going on at our Ivy League institutions in this hour. Why? Because Bill Maher, a noted liberal himself, now forced to go back to the mattresses again this week and call out all the anti-Semitism on college campuses. 888-788-9910 if you want to contribute to the discussion. It's also the phone number if you don't want to contribute to this discussion. Stop talking to me. Okay, you're allowed to do all of it, but you know the rules. Uh, Be a Republican, be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent, just don't be a It's Monday, man. Nobody's in the mood for it. Santa's coming. Santa, we're one week from Santa. Sadly, we have a lot of people out there that also want to ban Hanukkah. I got to tell you, it's so wild to watch it play out the way it has. But everybody who spent the last five years telling you the country was racist is racist towards Jewish people. Now, some of them really are anti-Semitic. Some of them are just idiots. I've said this before on the show, but half the guys showing up to protest on behalf of Hamas think Gaza Strip is a gentleman's club. They have no idea what they're doing. They just, oh, women are protesting. I guess I'll protest. Maybe I get a little something, something. You know, most of protest in this country now is not based on fact. It's not based on knowledge or know-how. It's just become a brand. It's an item you can buy at Hot Topic and throw on your denim jacket. Oh, I'm a protester. That's what I do. I'm an activist. But since everybody became a pretend activist on social media, has one single solitary thing improved? The answer would be no. Okay, we spent the whole summer of 2020 protesting the police. The whole summer. Have crime rates lowered since then? The answer would be no. Weird. Okay. We couldn't reopen schools because we were told that that was an injustice to minority students. Okay, so we kept them closed an extra two years to placate the teachers' unions who were hiding behind the racism chants in the summer of 2020 so they could keep having rosé all day and day drinking in their pajamas. Have schools gotten better? The answer would be no. No. Okay, and understand, we protested the southern border. We said policing the border was racist. Has that made the quality of life for anybody better? The answer would be no. Especially not black Americans, because now their schools, which were already overcrowded, have an extra 30 kids in the class who don't speak English. Okay, think about that. My neighbor is a New York City school teacher, and she was dealing with one teacher and 40 kids. Okay, now she's got 70 kids, 30 of whom don't speak English. But Buenos Dias. Buenos Dias. But you understand they're not really from Mexico. They're from all over the world. But the fact remains that compromises the quality of everything in this country because now the student-to-teacher ratio is overwhelming, and they're not even speaking English as a first language, or a second, or a third, or a fourth. You understand that impedes the ability to teach. The reason you want legal, legal immigration is it will make America a melting pot from all over the world, diversity being our strength. That's a good thing. Illegal immigration overwhelms the system and ultimately passes the burden onto the lowest income earners in the country, and they're the ones who suffer as a result. Thanks, big government weenuses! But what's so funny is the Democrats want you to believe the protesters, the activists that are clogging the bridges, occupying LAX International Airport as they did last week so nobody could get in and out of the airport, okay? They want you to believe they're fighting some type of pretend oppression, but they really don't know a hell of a whole lot about the situation. Bill Maher, to his credit devoted significant time on a show Friday night to all of these idiots 
who are on college campuses and bridges and highways chanting, from the river to the sea. They're crazy. Something you've heard me hear on this show. Again, Bill Maher's not saying anything I haven't been saying on this show since October the 7th. He's not actually breaking intellectual ground. But I still give him credit for taking the positions that he does, if only because the country needs to get back on track. The campus is broken. Social media is rewarding the people who scream the loudest. Okay, ultimately corporations are rewarding the people who scream the loudest because they'd rather avoid the blowback than do what they know is right, which is why these people have a voice to begin with. Harvard should have fired its president. She's plagiarizing her essays, although in her defense as a Hamas supporter, she doesn't realize women are allowed in libraries, but she's plagiarizing her essays. She's condoning anti-Semitism, saying that people calling for the extermination and killing of all Jews is not banned speech. It depends on the context. Wait, what? Of course that's banned speech. Of course that's not acceptable speech. But they don't want to misalign with the political ideology of the moment, so they placate this stuff. The people out there chanting, the people out there protesting on behalf of Hamas are stupid. Okay, they're stupid people. They don't understand the situation. From the river to the sea is a chant that means the extermination of all Jewish people. Why? Because from the river to the sea, every inch of that land is Arabic. There is nowhere for the Jewish people to go. This isn't about them leaving what we call Israel. This is about them leaving Earth. Correct the mundo. Here's Bill Maher getting it right. I've said this myself. Many conservative pundits have said it. So again, he's not leading the way. But the fact that there's somebody on that side of the aisle willing to speak up is commendable. My job is not to get on the radio and get you mad at liberals. I don't care. I don't want you to be mad at anything. It's not my job, man. The whole point of being alive is being in a good mood, be a force multiplier of positive energy. You'll never hear me playing you clips just so we can set, tell you that you're better than somebody else and that you should go get angry and blame all your problems on them. That's what a lot of people are doing in media right now, and it's gross. Here's more, clip 21. The Palestinian people should know your leaders and the useful idiots on college campuses who are their allies are not doing you any favors by keeping alive the river to the sea myth. Here's the river. Here's the sea. Oh, I see. It means you get all of it. Not just the West Bank, which was basically the original U.N. partition deal you rejected because you wanted all of it and always have. And so you attacked and lost and attacked again and lost and attacked again, and lost. If I give you the benefit of the doubt and say your plan for a completely Jewless Palestine isn't that all the Jews should die, what is the only other option? I admire your honesty. Okay, think about that. And this is the part the protesters forget. They're like, oh, they're oppressed. Okay, Israel doesn't have a problem with the people of Palestine. Israel has a problem with terrorists. They're not committing genocide against Muslims. They have 2 million Muslims living in their country. Okay, if you have a problem with Muslims, you don't hop the fence into Gaza and start fighting with those Muslims. Okay, you save yourself the gas money and you get them out of your country to begin with. I mean, that's just reality. But what the people protesting don't understand because they speak the reductive language of identity politics is that there's more to life than skin color. There's more to life than, well, people are marching, so I guess it's my turn to be a hero. Nobody marching is accomplishing anything because it's not about the cause. It's about them. It's about the currency they get from protesting. Hey, I feel good. I clogged a highway. 
Really? So if somebody has a life-threatening medical emergency, they can't get to the hospital? You feel good about stuff like that? Sadly, okay, some of them do, and they think they should. Not even close! That's the worst thing you could be, holding up traffic. You're not converting anybody to your cause. Dude, if someone was trying to cross the Manhattan Bridge last Saturday, and like, well, I was late for work, late for a job interview... But then I got held up in traffic for three and a half hours because a bunch of protesters were sitting on the bridge and we couldn't get through. You know what? I see it their way now. I'm actually, I like these people. I'm on their side. That's never happened once in the history of the world. Well, you know, just going to cross over the Manhattan Bridge with my family, go walk around the city, see the Christmas decorations. But then a bunch of protesters held the bridge hostage for six and a half hours. Me and the family are now going to go join Hamas because they converted us to seeing it their way. That's not how it works. Okay, they're taking their protest and they're using it as an excuse to be an hole. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. It's not about the cause, about them. This doesn't convert people to the cause. But again, they're not informed. When you say from the river to the sea, you understand that includes everything from the West Bank and Jordan all the way over to the sea, which means there's nowhere for Jews to go. Listen to clip 22. Look at what Mexico used to own all the way up to the top of California. But no Mexican is out there chanting from the Rio Grande to Portland, Oregon, (laughs) because they chose a different path. They got real and built a country that's the world's 14th biggest economy now. Because they knew the United States wasn't going to give back Phoenix any more than Hamas will ever be in Tel Aviv. One of the leaders of Hamas says, save yourselves time and imaginary dreams. In a few years, Allah willing, you will have to discuss the situation in the region after Israel. I'm sorry, who's the one with imaginary dreams? If I give you the benefit of the doubt and say your plan for a completely Jewless Palestine isn't that all the Jews should die... What is the only other option? They move. You move all the Jews. You move all the Jews. And we do this with what? A fleet of trucks called Jew Hall? And to where are we moving this entire country? Texas? Sure, they have room. And I guess we could put the Wailing Wall on the border and kill two birds with one stone. (laughs) Or we could just get serious. (laughs) I thought that was really funny. But he makes a good point. This is ridiculous. Okay, the people protesting and the Palestinians are oppressed. They're idiots. Okay, there's no moving the Jews, number one. Number two, they have the military might in the region. If they wanted to commit genocide, they could wipe everyone in that region off the map an hour ago. Okay, that's reality. So when you say this is a genocide, they're committing a genocide. The Zionists, the Jews, okay, They're not acting on any of that, and they could. So the fact that we're misrepresenting the argument to the extent that we have and holding Americans hostage who have no say in any of this other than, yes, we have the right to protest, we have the right to tweet, we have the right to speak, but none of us is making policy on behalf of Israel. None of us is making policy on behalf of Gaza. No, the people doing that are a bunch of billionaires hanging out in Qatar, Okay, the guys who run Hamas that are worth $11 billion between the three, the four of them are living in Qatar in a luxury hotel. They don't even hate the Jewish people. They're just making big money selling anti-Semitism. And stupid college kids here in America are running with it just the same because they want to believe they're voices of the oppressed. But there's a reason none of them are going over there to help out. 
There's a reason none of them want to move to these other countries. You know, we're so ashamed of America. So bad here. Okay, you wouldn't be allowed to criticize your government in one of these countries you support. We have a real gratitude problem in this country. And we have a real parenting problem in that so many parents have let down society by raising kids who aren't in on the joke of just how fortunate they are to live in this country. If you live in this country, it doesn't matter what your skin color is because you have American privilege. The rules apply to all of us the same in the year 2023. Anyone can be whatever the hell they want if they want to put in the work to do it. If you want to sit around and blame the country and, you know, pretend systemic racism and everything in between, then, yeah, you're going to be held back. You know, but here's a newsflash. The government isn't trying to help you get ahead. The government's too busy trying to cover their own ass. Every one of these dumb people marching on behalf of Palestine and Gaza would never go live there under that leadership because that leadership doesn't share their values. You know, if you're a gay American, okay, in Gaza, you're a dead American. If you're a trans American, you're dead American. You're dead American. You're not there if you go over to Gaza. And that's where you realize the compass is broken. So when guys like Bill Maher speak out, like, I get it. I appreciate it. I'm happy to praise liberals. I want them to do things right. I wish I could praise more Republicans. But sadly, there's not a lot of them out there that deserve my praise right now. Bill is in Asheville, North Carolina, barbecue country. Yo, Bill. Hey, Jimmy. How you doing, man? I'm doing, man. It's a Monday. I'm a little fired up in this segment, but you can restore order. Take it away. All right. Well, two things. First of all, in regards to Israel and Gaza and whatnot, totally agree. Um, the Israelis got a clean house big time. Um, well, I just want to throw a factoid out to you. Yep. They're doing everything. We know they're doing everything in their power to try to minimize the innocent, quote unquote, civilian de- deaths in their efforts to get rid of Hamas and Gaza. But did you know that during World War II, more European civilians died as a result of U.S. bombing campaigns against the Nazis than were killed by U.S. military, I mean, than the Nazis we killed. And they accepted it because they knew that the only way to get their country back was to bite the bullet and allow things to happen as they needed to happen. And, I mean, it's just that that's just the way it is. And the, the Israelis... You know, they're going way above board than what they would typically. I mean, they're trying to clear areas before they attack them and doing everything they can to minimize civilian casualties. But I think I think the larger point you're making is this is why we avoid wars to begin with, is there is no way to fight them without the cost being passed on to civilians. That's just the sad reality. Exactly. And then when you take and Hamas wants dead civilians, that's their currency. So they are positioning their munitions and everything else. So you get it. The truth is most people get it. But if you're at a college, you know, you're one of these idiots. Okay, they're really I and I, I mean this like I've never been prouder to have not gotten into Harvard than I am right now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. So crazy. I tell you, I, I graduated from college back in the, in the 70s. Mm-hmm. We had, it was during Carter when he was campaigning, mm-hmm. and I had all sorts of friends of mine that were like, oh, man, he's like, he's like another Kennedy. He's great. <laughs> and I looked at it, and I looked at his record, and I was like, you guys are stupid. <laughs> well, I'm going to stop you there before you know, I lose you. He was a Kennedy. He governed the way Ted Kennedy drove is the best way I could describe exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> It's the show that 9 out of 10 listeners voted the best host on radio. I don't want to say that they were dumb, but they were dumb. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing Chuck Berry, Run Run Rudolph. Chuck Berry, who hails from the St. Louis neighborhood of Wentzville. I went there over the summer with Jenny and Lincoln when we were out in St. Louis. What a great American story. Uh, Now, let's be clear. Chuck Berry had a couple of weird habits, I'm not going to (laughs) lie, later in life. That came back to bite him in the butt legally, uh, but I think he was into getting bit in the butt. If you know anything about Chuck Berry, he was into some kinky stuff. What the hell did you just say? But back in 1957, okay, we're told in 2023 America is this big racist, oppressive hellhole and minorities can't get ahead. Chuck Berry tuned that out in 1957 and wrote Maybelline and became Chuck Berry, a guy that was a millionaire multiple times over internationally renowned superstar, somebody the Beatles were covering and idolizing back in Liverpool. You could do that in this country in 1957. We're sitting here like 75 years later with Democrats trying to tell you with a straight face, like people can't get ahead. And that's why, like, if you're listening, I say this a lot on the show. I say it to my son every day. Dude, you live in America. 80% of the people are doing the bare minimum they have to in order to hold on to their jobs. If you want to get ahead and work hard, you're only competing against 20% of your division. And even so, a lot of them aren't that talented. There's never been an easier time to make a cool life for yourself. And I'm the proof. I come into this with no case on paper for being in the position I'm in other than the fact that I was born in a country where you could bust your ass and get wherever you wanted to go if you were willing to do the work. So be thankful for that and tune out these other idiots telling you to not even bother trying. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. If you're out there right now and you didn't make it into Harvard or Yale, be happy. If you're not sitting on a half a million dollars in debt, you don't hate the country, and you're probably not anti-Semitic either. These are all good things. Like, there was a time when getting into Harvard was good news. It's kind of bad news now. Uh, joining me to weigh in on that and so many other things, someone who always brings good news to the show, a superstar Tennessee senator, the great Marsha Blackburn, returns to the show. Hello, Senator. Hello, Jimmy. How are you? And Merry Christmas right off the top. Yeah, let's get right to it. Well, I was going to tell you, speaking of Merry Christmas, the first thing my mom did was put an Elvis ornament on the tree. By law, how many of those do you have to have in Tennessee? Oh, my goodness. Every house has to have one. (laughs) You don't want to be caught without an Elvis ornament or a Dolly ornament. I was going to say. They are totally prerequisites for a well a well-turned-out Christmas tree in the state of Tennessee. <laughs> I think you could be you can be fined by the local government if you don't have at least one of each, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> totally. These are laws we can enforce. Okay, well, taking it across the aisle to another faith, uh, we've seen so much anti-Semitism out of these schools, and what I'm so fascinated by is is that these were the people who've been moralizing and sermonizing for the past 10 years about how we on the right needed to get our acts together because we were the racist, intolerant bigots. But as it turns out, they seem to have a little bit of an issue in elite academia, do they not? They certainly do, and I think people have seen what many of us have talked about with these colleges and how they were censoring conservatives and how they were going further and further to the left. And some of these college presidents and some of these professors 
they're just, they've gone so far left, they can't even be reasonable. And you're seeing this right now as you look at what they've done with all of these anti-Semitic activities and rallies and professors showing up to these things, my goodness. You know, it is more than most people have thought. And I'm very pleased to see so many of their alums and their donors who are saying, hey, wait a minute, we, we've we had it with you on this, and you've got to change your ways. Yeah, imagine that. We're talking to Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. And it is true, and I am happy that the donors have done that, because I think most people are cutting checks to schools, you know, knowing that they've had prosperous lives and feeling like the school has benefited them and wanting to give back. And I think for too long, they weren't paying attention to what the schools were actually doing. It's kind of like the lockdowns and the blue states who kept schools closed forever gave a lot of parents a fresh look at what was happening in terms of their school's curriculum and brought a lot of a negative attention to what kids were being taught. So I think this is kind of a backfire. Um, but my question, I agree with that. You know, I agree with that. You've got these, uh, schools and these teachers, uh, these professors who continue to just push and they're indoctrinating kids. They're disallowing, uh, free speech. They don't allow robust debate and parents were saying, Hey, wait a minute. My child went to college, or I started listening to what this teacher was teaching, and all of a sudden they realized this is not accurate. It is revisionist history, or it is one-sided, or there is no debate. You have to acquiesce and agree with exactly what's being said, or you're going to get canceled out. And it's fascinating because it really – there was a time – you know, where colleges really were like free thought experiments that taught you how to think about life. And now they really are just forcing you what to think. They want you to think a very specific way. And that's that's why I think also that they are so far out of touch with what mainstream Americans think is they're not talking to them. They're just, you know, they're hanging out in a weird bubble and it's it's not healthy. Um I wanted to ask you about this, though, as well, because colleges would have been the first place to tell you that securing the border was racist. But I think, you know, the argument when you talk about border policy under the current administration is that it is, of course, harming people of color in this country, probably more than anybody else, because the inner cities are being overwhelmed uh, with all of these migrants. So is that another example of them getting it wrong? It is an example of them getting it wrong. Look at these um sanctuary cities and the issues that have cropped up there now you realize that it is a humanitarian crisis it is an economic crisis it is a national security crisis that is taking place at our nation's southern border and finally cities are speaking up on this and jimmy it's actually every town is now border town every state is a border state because people are going wait a minute you know they see the crowding in the cities they see what is happening with people who are homeless and are uh, on the streets or people that uh, they're looking at theft that is going up in these cities. They're looking at cartels moving their hubs 
into into communities and people are saying, I don't want this. Mm. We're better than this. We can do better than this. And they're beginning to speak out about it. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, we're talking to Tennessee Senator mm-hmm. Marsha Blackburn, who by law has an Elvis ornament on her Christmas tree. But you wouldn't need a law. I mean, you get Elvis. You speak the language. That's right. <laughs> you, I've got Elvis and his Christmas songs on my oh. playlist. Oh, oh, there you go. We yeah. play Elvis Elvis yeah. White Christmas is the name of the album we play a lot in my house, and it is it is fantastic. Elvis Pound for Pound for yeah. Me is the best Christmas album out there. Um, let me ask you this: um, you you know you're a United States Senator, you're Marsha Blackburn, but you know we are a week away from Santa coming. Uh, how ready are you? I am. I am ready, and I'm putting the finishing touches on it, mm-hmm. and I am enjoying it with my kids and my grandkids, and that is why you have the so many of us in the Senate not going back to D.C. this week. Yep. Chuck Schumer is not going to have cloture. Mm-hmm. We are not going to move forward on a a piece of funding legislation, a defense supplemental bill. Because the first thing that's got to be done is secure our border. Imagine that. Uh, everybody appreciates you taking that stand because everything you said about the border problem making its way into every other city, I watch it as someone who tours on the weekends. It's really bizarre uh, what the inner cities have become in this country, and it is because of their indifference. It's bad. Um, so you're going to have a busy year. So I'm just giving you my permission to have some extra eggnog this holiday season so you're rested up and ready to go. You got it. All right. Just stay just stay off Instagram after you've had it. That's my only career advice, okay? <laughs> ho, ho, ho. You got it. Take care. You're the best. Senator Marsha Blackburn, there she goes. Uh, you know, they do they do deserve uh the fact that Republicans are getting in the way of giving Schumer the cloture and what they're essentially saying right now, if you've been following this in the Senate, you've been following the stand Republicans are trying to take in the House is we're not gonna go send a hundred million dollars to fund the protection of Ukraine's border until we start protecting ours. Listen to me. Vladimir Putin is bad. It's not okay that he can roll into Ukraine and start to take land. That's not good. It's not something we should be on board with. But the fact remains, we should be able to do both. Okay, if we can only do one, the only thing we should be doing is securing our border. That's true. That is true. Okay, but in this instance, we're not securing our border. We're giving basically a blank check to securing Ukraine's. Okay, we're sending $14 billion to Israel, who very well deserves our support as our only ally in that region of the world that shares our values. But when you watch this stuff going on and you're in the Senate and the front lines as Marsha Blackburn is, you realize this is your moment to take a stand. There's no excuse, none, zero, zip, zilch. Doesn't matter if you're Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, does not matter. Okay, there's no world where American priorities should be taking a backseat to the priorities of other nations. There's no deliverable for us right now, an immediate deliverable in Ukraine. I'm Again, I'm not rooting for Vladimir Putin, but the fact remains there's no deliverable. Like if you look around at Americans that are getting crushed by a record high level of inflation or a wide open border or historic spikes in crime or failing inner city schools, you don't go, I've got it, honey. We'll send some money to Ukraine. Okay, no one's doing that. So the fact that they're forcing this White House to, at the very least, okay, pretend that they're prioritizing our country is a win. Okay, we need them to ultimately hold their feet to the fire. 
and get us a deliverable that would allocate more resources towards securing the border. Because the truth is, we have the capability and the wherewithal to do it immediately. The fact that we're not doing it immediately speaks to their priorities, their priority being the ultimate, the open border and the level of government dependency that they believe will ultimately hope and make these migrants vote Democrats someday, okay, is what they're after. And they don't care if the quality of life declines in inner cities because they're not living in them. They don't care if it's harder to run a successful business. They don't care if it's harder to get your kid an education. Their kids are going to private schools. So you fight these battles not because you're anti-immigrant. You fight these battles because you're pro-America, and somebody in this country needs to be. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I received an extremely important call from the North Pole this morning because the reindeer needed a little bit of rest before Christmas Eve and Santa Claus needed a ride to work. Apparently, he or she moonlights as a Fox News talent. So I'm going to go find out who it is. Let's go. So first, we had the masked singer. Now, Abby Hornacek bringing us the masked Santa and joining us now to separate fact from fiction, uh, the Fox Nation multimedia superstar host of the very program we just played you, Abby Hornacek. Back on the show, the crowd goes wild. All right, all right, all right. Settle down. Abby, hey, girl. What's going on, Jimmy? People are fired up. I mean, we gave them... Let's be clear. We gave the American people a nice entree into your holiday subjects with our little segment we taped and we threw all over the Twitter this weekend, did we not? We did. That was awesome. If you don't know what Jimmy's talking about, he came on my podcast. He talked all about weird holiday traditions. And what I learned from that is you have a lot of random knowledge, Jimmy. Oh, yeah. I'm impressed. This is the deal, Abby. Just so I'll let you in on it. Everybody else, cover your ears. I don't really know what I'm doing here at Fox, but I know enough about weird stuff that it makes me sound a lot more intelligent than I am because I can always pull out a piece of information nobody else has. And they're like, wow, this guy's really on top of it. It's a confidence game. You dig? Well, I think when you know the background of Krampus and why <laughs> it's so creepy, I think that earns you a job. Really, you you have your ticket to anywhere, Jimmy. <laughs> well, this That's is what, all you need to know in life. Well, this is what we're talking about. Abby Hornacek, who is now my agent. I should have announced that before I brought her on. <laughs> um, uh, this is I'm going to charge you 10%. That's, that's reasonable. Okay, it's reasonable. <laughs> we can, we'll, we'll, we'll negotiate offline. But my um, – the, the listeners need to understand, like, what, what I speak in a lot, especially when I'm talking to you, is I talk to you in sports metaphors because I know you'll get it. And people around the world, if they don't know the story of Krampus, uh, I described him to you as the Bobby Knight of Santas, in that Krampus is Santa, but instead of threatening you with coal, he's basically, like, threatening you with your life if you don't make it onto the good list, <laughs> which I think Bobby Knight style is a good motivator. Should Santa, okay, answer me this question. Should Santa, you know, when you got in trouble in, in uh, practice, they'd send the team on the end line and everybody would have to run sprints. Should Santa oh, yeah. be making the kids run sprints that make the naughty list? I think 
so. I think sprints and, and some push-ups, some grapevines in public might be a good punishment <laughs> because anytime you warm up for sports practice, it's always embarrassing doing grapevines. Yeah, it's bad. And plus, Santa is going to get canceled by the left for bringing out coal. The climate That's crowd. That's true. The climate crowd <laughs> can't have him handing out coal. Are you nuts? We're going to get killed here. Absolutely not. We're talking that. You bring up, oh, see, like I said, a lot of a lot of valid points. I can't argue with you there. <laughs> We're talking to Abby Hornacek. Abby Hornacek's uh, Ride to Work Secret Santa promo. Now, I'd like to believe that by now you know who Secret Santa is. You're certainly not, <laughs> not going to reveal that to our audience. Uh, but was it was it hard to figure out? You know, Jimmy, I, I keep saying this. I feel like I pride myself in the ability to recognize people's voices. So when they came to me with this idea, I said, there's no way I'm going to be tricked. I know people's voices. I know their heights. I, I'm friends with people. Mm. We're, I would like to think we're friends. Yep. I, I will do a spoiler. It was not Jimmy, unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe next year. Um, but, yeah, it, it took me a second. I'll be honest. This person... I almost revealed their gender, but this person Mm -hmm. disguised their voice, and I really had no idea at first. I eventually got there, and what I love, though, is people have been guessing on my Instagram, Mm -hmm. because I did a little clip of it, and a lot of people are getting it wrong, which makes me happy, because that means this person, this person fully committed. Wow. It was a full send. (laughs) That's what we need. It wasn't. They they were on the line running sprints before I even got there. That's how much they committed. <laughs> you got you to want it in the Secret Santa game. You got to want it. Okay? You gotta. Bottom line. Yeah, I don't get asked to do this th- these things, which is remarkable because I do dress with some of my red jackets. I look like a mall Santa that wasn't invited back this year. <laughs> well, like I said, there's always time for next year. That's funny. Well, listen. Uh, There is no time like the present, ladies and gentlemen. Go check out Abby Hornacek's Ride to Work Secret Santa. It started streaming on Fox Nation December 15th. It is a holiday tradition in the Fala family to consume all things Abby Hornacek, so you damn well better believe we'll be watching. But you're the coolest, and uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Ab. We'll catch up during the break. Merry Christmas to you. I hope you don't come across Krampus. Fingers (laughs) crossed. You're the best. See you (laughs) soon. Thanks for having me, Jimmy. Of course, you're the best. There she goes, the legendary Abby Hornacek. Not the only Fox talent. I love Abby, but she's not the only Fox talent I'll be appearing alongside of today. Uh, When this broadcast ends, I am joining the great Martha McCallum, 3 p.m. Eastern time, on her show. Uh, You will see me on with Dagan McDowell and Sean Duffy tonight uh, in the 6 p.m. hour on Fox Business. And then tonight at 9, I am closing the Sean Hannity show. So you got plenty of fail-a-vision between today and tomorrow. you got one week till Christmas. If you're looking for the best gift allowable by law, uh, go buy them a copy of my new book, Cancel Culture Dictionary. It is foxnewsbooks.com. They will not only feel like they understand the world better and how we can all make a more positive difference in each other's lives, but they'll read my book for a few chapters and walk away thinking they too could be a published author. Okay, my content is very empowering because you're like, if they'll hire this guy, they'll hire our dog. So there's that. And if you want to get them event tickets, here it is, my 2024 stand-up schedule, which starts in March. March 1st, we're in Idaho Falls. March 2nd, we're in Sacramento. March 9th, we're in Ponte Vedra, Florida. March 29th, we're in Helena, Montana. March 30th, Spokane, Washington. April 5th, Federal Way, Washington. April 6th, Boise, Idaho. 
Saturday, May 18th, we are in Boston, Massachusetts at the Schubert Theater. We're going to be adding more dates. I'm going to be going on a book tour as well. But if you're looking for concert tickets to go see me do live stand-up, really easy Christmas present, foxacrossamerica.com. You can get tickets to every single gig I do in 2024 right then and there, foxacrossamerica.com. Point is, the show's over. Pay up. Get out. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.